relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Eben. Hey, Paul. Good to see you today. It is good to see you, sir. Listen, last time we were together, we talked about confession, and we kind of agreed that we were going to talk about forgiveness today. And clearly, this won't be the first and only time we talk about either of those two subjects. But after the confession program, you said it's not good to seek forgiveness. And I'm just, what? <laughs> well, we don't want to take that too far, but I actually do believe that. It's it's not something that we need to be doing, seeking forgiveness. But before we even go go there, we need to consider something else. You know, let's not talk about this whole idea of confession and forgiveness. Let's talk about the idea of praying first. Okay? Yes, please. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much that you have given us these two phenomenal tools of confession and forgiveness and how much we misunderstand both of them. I pray for clarity today that we would understand how you desire for forgiveness to be used in our life the way that you have done it for us. In your precious name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. So (laughs) if we're going to be talking about forgiveness, and there's two things I need to consider first. See, I'm hearing you. Your prayer worked. I'm (laughs) dialed in. What is it I need to consider? With forgiveness, you have a wonderful opportunity to let something go so it no longer controls you. That's what too often people don't understand is that they think forgiveness somehow has to do with the other person. It really has nothing to do with the other person. It's unfortunately taught incorrectly that way, but forgiveness really is more about you than it is about them. Now, that just sounds strange, doesn't it? Because I'm forgiving them, why doesn't it have something to do with them? Because it's allowing you to be free of the harm that they did to you. That's the real reason for forgiveness in the long run. And you're letting them off the hook. So that is that is one of the things that is strange to us. I see a weird look on your face. Well, you do, because last time we talked, you said, well, wait a minute. There's a little bit of a confusion between confession and forgiveness. And now you're telling me one of the first things that needs to be. So my question to you is, I guess... Is there something that forgiveness is not, but I think it is? Oh, wow. What a great way to think about that. Because when we don't understand forgiveness, that's one of the first things that we mess up. In fact, it's so easy for us to mess up forgiveness between the concept of it's pardoning. No, it's not. I don't even accept the idea that forgiveness involves forgetting. I'd prefer that you forgive and remember, actually. It certainly is not reconciliation. Those are some key elements that it is not. When you don't understand that those things are not forgiveness, you're going to mess up forgiveness. Let's get people to go out to the website to see all the videos that we have on this particular topic. Great resource out there for you to look at the videos. Chapter 8, if you look at the third section in there and see, you're going to see a, a tremendous amount of information. And we're going to hopefully get some time to go through the steps and things of that nature. But one of the key things that it's not drives people in a frenzy to do the wrong things. Let me give you a a very relevant example that we use in Great Leaders, our program that we use in business. And one of the sections of Great Leaders is about how leaders need to be able to get over the past. There was a blog on Harvard Business Review, May 26, 2010. And here is what Michael Watkins said about the Gulf oil spill. Listen to this, because it's very relevant to forgiveness. Is the Gulf oil spill and other situations like it an example of us not being forgiving enough or being too forgiving? 
There are two types of failures, the kind we forgive, call it type one, and the kind we punish, type two. In my view, we should emphatically not forgive people for being reckless, either in taking inappropriate risks or in failing to prevent foreseeable contingencies. The appropriate response to these sorts of failure is punishment commensurate with the crime. So, should we forgive the CEO of BP for what has happened and chalk it up to experience and the need to learn? Or should he lose his job and be justifiably pilloried in the court of international public opinion? Now, this is very interesting to me, simply because we give this example to the leaders in the class to help them understand this isn't forgiveness. Now, do you have any any ideas to share with the audience as to why this might not be forgiveness that he's talking about here? Not a one. <laughs> not a one. <laughs> it sounded like he pretty much covered it, right? There is the forgiveness we give, and there's the forgiveness that we punish. Yeah. In fact, so many so people... So we're dealing with consequence. So many people have a tendency to think that way because that means that there's something that forgiveness is not to be used for. Did God do that with us? Did he say, well, there's just certain sins I'm just not going to forgive? No, but my wife does. (laughs) (laughs) And that is the way we operate with each other. See, forgiveness, there's so much here, but let's just only talk about this one little aspect of it. The one simple aspect is forgiveness is available for anything, any time when it's starting to control your life. If this man is being controlled by the fact that that guy was just a jerk to allow that Gulf oil spill to happen, then he could literally forgive him and not be controlled by that anymore. But that man still may need to go through the consequences of losing his job, right? That's the whole idea of forgiveness is not pardoning. Let's think about it this way. Let's assume that you and I are partners. And, okay. and you are the, are the person that caused this oil spill. And you caused all these bad consequences to me. Can I forgive you? Yes. I certainly can. Do I necessarily want to be reconciled to you? Not necessarily. But I can still forgive you and allow you to suffer the consequences of that. But I, and I'm not controlled by it anymore. I can invite you back into my life. That's okay, too. I can invite you back into my life, but it probably would be with less freedom so that I would be protecting the organization and even myself from having to suffer the consequences of your bad behavior. Well, there are all kinds of implications there. I remember that as a financial advisor, I had a compliance officer, and she used to have a sign on her door that said forgiveness reestablishes the relationship mm. but does not absolve consequence. Well, I'd, I'd even verify that the first statement is wrong. Okay. Forgiveness does not necessarily reestablish the relationship. That is the whole idea. There's a great comparison. Go online and see the comparison that is at the end of that section C on forgiveness to show you the comparison and the difference between forgiveness and and uh, reconciliation, because reconciliation is conditional. Reconciliation requires two people. Forgiveness requires one. See, I can forgive you and not have you back in my life. I can actually do that. I don't have to be reconciled with you. That's a totally separate issue. That's really scary. 
because I'm looking at a business partner, I'm looking at a spouse or something and say, I forgive you, now go away. Yeah, that isn't what you're saying. You're basically saying because of your actions, there are additional boundaries in place now. That's what you're saying. Because you have proven untrustworthy, it's going to take time for you to prove that you are able to do those things again. Well, my mind's just racing so many different places. So before the break, where's a fundamental scripture I can start to look? Go right to Luke 17, 3 through 10. That is a phenomenal passage that that I have loved studying and teaching. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you about that after the break. I am because, okay, and your mind's probably (laughs) racing too. You're probably feeling justified in doing something or victim victimized by something else. Don't do that. Just breathe. But in the meantime, go to our website, greatrelationships.com. Or if you can't get to the computer and you don't want to find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral eight relationships, then give us a call at 1-800-819-4293. Again, that's 800-819-4293 or GR numeral eight relationships, greatrelationships.com. thoughts for great relationships. If a relationship must satisfy you, you're walking down manipulation trail. You're saying no to the relationship. You're making the relationship about you. Freedom is limited. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Relationships.com. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com. Find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral eight relationships or easier still. You can give us a call at 800-819-4293. We're all back, Herman, a little bit confused <laughs> and a little nervous. Before the break, we were talking about what forgiveness is not. And you were saying some huge things. And I said, look, you know what? We got to pin it to scripture. It doesn't matter. And you just said, well, of course, Luke 17. Okay, we're listening. Luke 17, verses 
3 through 10. Well, before we get there, let me specifically say there is so much more to be said about what forgiveness is not. This is, this is absolutely crucial that we understand what forgiveness is versus what it's not because we have multiple things tied into forgiveness that actually will prevent us from forgiving. Well, I know what it's not, and it's not feeling very comfortable. <laughs> That's right. It, it isn't. It's letting somebody off the hook for your own freedom. It's really what it boils down to. I wouldn't have a tendency to forgive somebody if I believe I'm going to have to be in another relationship with them. So let's go into that Luke chapter. I just want to say, if I thought confession was kind of crummy, <laughs> forgiveness hadn't got wow. anything on it. Wow. I tell you what, I, I'm so firm on making this statement again that the two most important tools that you need for any relationship to work our confession and forgiveness. And I'm willing to throw a third tool in there that's really important, and it's I thought it was flowers freedom. and chocolate, and you're saying confession and so forgiveness. That, that will help many times. Uh, but confession and forgiveness are absolutely essential, and freedom or grace is the third one. If you have those three tools under the umbrella of love, your relationships will stop blossoming. And that is the way we would want you to start living your life. Mm-hmm. Do I need to be thinking about those three tools as you read or just open my I only, mind and I hear only, you? I only want you to be thinking about what you're hearing here because it's supposed to be about forgiveness. But is it really? That's what we want you to be thinking. <laughs> oh, great. All right, guys. Let's go. One, two, three, okay. stretch. Here we go. Luke 17, 3 through 10. Take heed to yourselves, verse 3. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, now just think about this. The Lord is saying this to the disciples. And what do you think we would say? I mean, I, I think if the Lord said that to me, I'd go, wait, whoa, wait, seven times he did it to me again and I'm supposed to forgive him? Well, that's pretty much exactly what the apostles say here. They say, Lord, increase our faith. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As I read 6 through 9, not going to read 10 quite yet, 6 through 9, I want you to determine, did Jesus answer that question? Increase our faith. Okay, verse 6. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it obey you. Oh, well, that seems to have some correlation to increase our faith. Okay. But he goes on, verse 7. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he is coming in from the field, uh, come at once and sit down and eat, servant? But he wouldn't say that to him. He'd rather say to him, prepare something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk. And afterwards, you will eat and drink. Yes, that's in the job description. That's right. Verse 9, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? No. And and Jesus says, I think not. Now, here's what's so interesting to me. People take those verses and say it has nothing to do with forgiveness. I'm saying it has everything to do with forgiveness. It has everything to do with forgiveness. Now, think about the way this is going. I'm not going to mention verse 10 until I go through these a little bit. Get the picture again. The Lord just said to them, if somebody harms you, sins against you, forgive them. And if they do it seven more times, forgive them. The apostles go, just like I would, whoa, really? You've got to increase my faith in order to pull that one off. I don't You're going to have to increase more than my faith. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull that one off. Now, let me get off on a little rabbit trail here and pull us back. 
How many muscles do you and I have? Do we have the same amount of muscles? Yes, sir. We sure do. Now, why is it that you probably could lift more weight than I could? I use the muscle more? Yes. That is the whole idea behind this mustard seed idea. Everybody has the mustard seed, but everybody doesn't have a mustard tree because they haven't nurtured that seed. You and I have the same amount of muscles, and it totally depends on the strength that you have, whether you're exercising those muscles. And if you aren't exercising them enough, you will have less capacity. Doesn't mean you have less faith. You have less capacity to use the faith. That's how it typically works. So the Lord comes back and goes, guys, if you had the mustard seed uh, size faith, you could just tell this tree, jump in the sea and it'd go do it. But I'm going to tell you something else. Hold on. Before you even start thinking about faith, I'm going to ask you something else that's even more important. If your servant came in from the field and plowing it, you wouldn't say to him, you know, sit down and eat. You'd say to him, fix me something to eat. And then you could have something to eat. Now, what does that have to do with this? It has everything to do. Listen to verse 10 now. Verse 10 is saying... So likewise, you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me just review it again for you. Faith is a mustard seed can throw a tree into the sea. Right. Second, your servant should feed you before he eats. That's the job description. That's the job description. Third, you don't thank him for doing what he's asked to do. Fourth, you are unprofitable, even if you do what you're asked to do. <laughs> Whoa, that one really throws me. Here's how I want you to tie this together. So what's the answer to increase our faith? Did he come back and go, you're right, you're going to need to really trust in me to be able to do this? He didn't say that. That's implied, obviously. What he said was, guys, this doesn't have anything to do with faith. This is simply you do what I ask you to do. Forgiveness is not something that you need faith for. Forgiveness is something you do because I did it, and I want you to do the exact same thing. That we might be conformed to his image. Be conformed to his image. And you know what? Guys, if, if you don't do what you're asked to do, you're unprofitable. In fact, he even made this statement the opposite direction, which was, you are even unprofitable even if you do what you're asked to do. Okay, so what about everybody that says, I need to pray for the willingness to forgive. I need to pray for the strength to forgive. You're just simply saying, I'm supposed to do it and stop. That's, I mean, I, I understand their statements. There is, there is the concept of willingness, but I am going to throw it at you this way. I want you to think about there is a can you, will you, when technique that we use. Okay, but before you go there, I want to ask you a question. Because can you, will you, right? Can you, when, will you, when? when. Mm-hmm. You give me a definition of forgiveness is never using that thing they've done that hurts me in thought, in action, or, or words. In, or mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. So the next thing is I'm supposed to forgive, simply do it. And what is it I'm supposed to do? I'm to forgive. Forgiveness is never using the hurt they've done to me against yeah, them in thought, word, or deed. Yeah, we're going to need to really get into a lot of those details, and I would certainly say that people, please go to the website to see the details on the definition. We can talk about that after the break on some of those issues. I just want to make certain that we get this one point very clearly established before the break, and here it is. Forgiveness 
is something that God asks you to do simply because it is part of being a believer. It is part of being a child of God. And you are doing the exact same thing that he does for you. There is no issue here about, I should not have to do that. Just do what you're asked to do. It has nothing to do with more faith. Just do what you're asked to do. That's the big idea behind this. You don't have to be reconciled to them. Just do what you're asked to do. Thank you. We'll talk about this after the break. My head's hurting, but if yours is too, (laughs) not to worry. GR numeral eight relationships. Great relationships is the website. Take a look at chapter eight, section C. It's on forgiveness. There's a whole lot more there. Again, the scripture was Luke 17, three through 10. Greatrelationships.com. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com. Find us and like us on Facebook at GR numeral eight relationships or easier still. You can give us a call at 800-819-4293. Again, that's 800-819-4293. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. To the degree that we deny our own issues, we will find a scapegoat on which to dump them. Dr. Marlon Howe. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back. Great relationships. G-R numeral eight relationships.com, the website, or you can call us at 800-819-4293. And of course, we always want you to find us and like us on Facebook. But something I'm not liking, Herman, is this forgiveness thing. Mm. Uh, It's not making me feel good. Before the break, you said that forgiveness is something that God is asking us to do, simply because he's asking it. So I said, okay, so what is it you're really asking me to do? And you define forgiveness as never abusing another person for the wrong that they did to us in thought, word, or deed. That's right. When we get to that place, we're basically saying, I know that they've harmed me, but I don't want that to control my life. I don't want them to be controlling my life. I don't even want that bad behavior of theirs to control my life anymore. I don't want that poison inside of me to eat a hole in my soul, so to speak. You know, you, you know that favorite phrase, you know, you drink poison and hope the other person dies. That's, that's really what's going on. Is that why we then benefit from forgiveness? Absolutely. You have 
the best opportunity to go forward in life not being controlled by them. There are so many benefits. And again, go to the website. Please look at the videos. Look at the workbook, the study guide that we have out there. To Go specifically look for the benefits that you will receive from doing the, this wonderful principle of forgiveness. Go look at that. Okay, and forgiveness is principally chapter 8, and there are different sections. The C section is primarily what we're talking about That's today. That's right. Now, I've got a question. You gave us that quote, you know, that... It's like drinking the poison, hoping that they will die. But I have also heard you say that a person never benefits from forgiveness if they never confess. Forgiveness is something that we don't do for them. It's something we do for us. Right. But yet there's a benefit to the other person, but they don't receive that benefit if they don't confess. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. What the deal is, is too many people believe and actually teach. There's some very prominent teachers that believe that you should not forgive somebody unless they've confessed. Now, just think about that one. Here's, here's the real It doesn't sticky. work that way on the cross, does it? It doesn't. It's so interesting to think about this from this viewpoint. What if the person that harmed me is now dead? Am I stuck with this? God is allowing us to get over the pain, get over that past situation through forgiveness, to be saying, you know what? They treated me badly. I'm going to let it go. That is so important for us to consider how to do it. And you can see how to do it. Well, on, and that's on the what website. I wanted to ask is, you know, we're, we keep talking about forgiveness and what it is and what it isn't, you know, and we've defined it and that I'm supposed to do it. So my question is, how do I do it? Right. There's seven steps <laughs> for all of those people that like all these steps. Okay, there's, sadly, there's, I got three minutes left. You're not going to give me there's, seven minutes. There's seven steps for forgiveness. There's seven steps for confession. You know, I'm, I'm, you can tell that I'm kind of a systems guy, right? <laughs> no, actually, here's the only two things you need to know about forgiveness. I just think of that song, give me two steps, give me two steps more. <laughs> You'll never hear from me no Here, more. There's only, there's only two things that you really need to know about forgiveness. Now, think about this. You need to know that definition that I just got through saying. Never abusing them for the wrong they did to you in thought, word, or action. Never again. Never. Ne- never again. And it's really critical that you understand how God does this to provide to us that this is the way it works, that we're to throw that hammer that we have over our shoulder, meaning that hammer that we could use against somebody else. We throw it over our shoulder and we're basically saying, I'm not going to pay attention to where it falls. That's what that definition is saying. So it comes up in my mind. Does that mean I didn't that's forgive the second, That's the second thing that you need to know. You need to know what it is. Most people don't know what it is. You need to understand that definition. The second thing that is absolutely imperative how do I know if I actually did it? That is what happens in steps four, five, six in, in, in the uh, forgiveness that you're going to see on the website. Now, how do I know if I actually did it? I am a big believer in creating a memorial. Louie and I have the memorial of October 15 is the memorial of the time that we forgave each other and moved into a new life together. That memorial is necessary for me and necessary for her because when I'm doing so-called mindless things like mowing the yard or just driving somewhere, the thoughts will come up in my mind of, but she still did that to you. She still did that. And I, therefore, have an opportunity at that very time to be saying to myself, did I forgive her on October 15th when I said I did? Two answers, yes or no. 
That's all I require. But the answer is yes. If, if the, since the answer is yes, then I claim 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Lord, I don't need to be having that thought in my mind. That thought is absolutely the wrong thought. I need to have you take that thought from me and move directly into step seven. And here's how you can always know if you've forgiven somebody. If you're willing to pray blessing and peace upon their life, if you're willing to pray for their best at that point in time, you know that you've forgiven them. Okay, and it makes me think of that scripture, Matthew 18, 21 through 23, where they say, how many times are we supposed to forgive in that parable? And he says, 70 times seven. He doesn't mean 490 times. It's actually a euphemism that means without end. That's right. Continuous. That's exactly right. Herman, I thank you. I guess we're going to have to just visit this again. But Chapter 8 in the website at Great Relationships, that's GR8Relationships.com, the website. You can find us and like us on Facebook, or easier still, give us a call at 1-800-819-4293. Great Relationships, we're pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. How's it looking, Sergeant? Not good, sir. I've called in the bomb squad. We're going to have to defuse another relationship bomb. What kind of trigger are we dealing with this time? It looks like the owner of this business is playing the dictator, and his employee is playing the victim. I hate dealing with dictators. They're always trying to control the situation, and with victims, it's always someone else's fault. Do you have the right tools to defuse this? Johnson from our Great Relationships Unit is talking to both of them now about freedom, forgiveness, and confession. They are the strongest tools we have when it comes to defusing this kind of situation. Do you have a bomb about to go off in any of your relationships? Even though relationship bombs aren't like real bombs, the way they impact relationships can be just as devastating. Visit our website at grnumeral8relationships.com for videos on the problem and the solution. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.